You're listening to the Higher Ideas Podcast, where ideas grow. Connect on higherideas.net. Now here's your host, I. Hello, fellow human, and welcome back to the Higher Ideas Podcast. I'm sitting on a lovely balcony overlooking Tarapoto in the beautiful late afternoon sun here in a fancy hotel, thanks to a new friend who's sitting next to me right now. Uh, yet another person has joined us over here in Peru through Via Verde Ayahuasca. Trusted us to come and do some good medicine work at the center. And uh, I am now in his hotel with thanks to him, having a beer on him. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. This is David. Why don't you introduce yourself, David? Hello, I'm David, and I am 5'10". <laughs> <laughs> Originally from Jalisco, Mexico. Uh, currently reside in Northern California by San Francisco, and I'm in paradise right now with my good friend, Don Pedro. Don Pedro. He or, or as I called him the other day, Profecito. <laughs> Profecito. Yeah, I'm getting all kinds of Spanish nicknames, thanks to David. Um, and of course, here we are sitting in a hotel of his, after his medicinal dieta. Like two week. Two-week dieta. Two-week uh, experience. You are following right now on this podcast in the footsteps of one of my previous guests, Karim. Hi, Karim. If you're listening to this, I heard a lot of great things about you, man. Yeah. And Motorcycle rides, that, that sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he sat down at his hotel with me just the same to talk about his dieta, so we're continuing the tradition. Yet Perfect. another yet another friend from the world came and gave it a shot. So, how many drinks? Did you have before this? Had uh, well over forty. Well over forty. Well, now now forty eight. Okay. With this, with this. So you were in the forties before coming. Forty two. Okay. But never in a dieta context. Never in a dieta context, and it was awesome. <laughs> Can you share that story I love about why you even decided to look into dieta? Yeah. So I've been coming to Peru for like the past uh, three and a half years. I've done previous to this dieta. I had done three other incredible, amazing, transformative um, ceremonies, retreats, uh, two in the Sacred Valley with this uh, incredible people out there, and my last one was in um, Iquitos. That particular one was really strong, really powerful in the jungle, uh, and I went because uh, an incredible friend of mine, his name is Paul Diamond out of Pisac, uh, Peru, recommended that I went and did it in the jungle, took the medicine in the jungle, that it was a completely different flavor. And he was completely right. It was really strong, really powerful. And uh, I had a great experience um, that, and, I, and it was exactly, I was there exactly a year ago. So I left uh, at the moment of this podcast, we're in uh, February of 2019. I had got left to uh, same time. The same, right around the same time to Iquitos to do this spiritual work and while I was over there we went into town to Iquitos after our ceremony uh, to hang out with um, the other participants incredible people and uh, on the streets while watching the street vendors and the street acts I saw some people you know I saw some the US Canada I'm like hey, where are you guys from oh, we're from so and so and but they, but they had this very distinct, very different look to them. This very 
the way their eyes looked, the way their body language looked, the way they walked, it was so different. It was so firm, so serious, so secure, so blank, so just in the zone. I don't know. It's so interesting. I'm like, where are you guys coming from right now? Oh, a dieta. I'm like, a dieta? To me, a dieta is like a diet, you know? And I've heard about a dieta before around the circle, like the medicine circles and things, and also in, in Peru. But I'd never heard about it the way they explained it to me, which was you go and you take this plant medicines for like a month, two weeks, six weeks, whatever, months at a time, and it's a completely different experience. I'm like, huh. I came back home, I researched it, um, and then I went on uh, Facebook, I found some groups about dietas, I joined one, and I posted on there, I asked something along the lines, I actually got to go find it and but I something along the lines of can you you know I want to know more about a dieta I want to do one can anybody put me in the right direction or something along those lines some people hit likes some people commented but then you Don Pedro you actually answered and that's when this trip began Mm. and here I am Uh, and on that note thank you past me for writing in that post and you know <laughs> taking the time yeah. as I try to do to just help people out there and answer the questions because I see in this case it brought a very very good dieter to our center to do a very good diet and you did it good as you know you did it very well yeah can I you know I feel like asking up front how how was this effective for you or whatnot but I think maybe an interesting way to ask it would be who are you coming in? Who are you now coming out of this two-week process you just did? Um, coming in was a very humble person willing to unlearn what I thought I knew, willing to forget, wanting to forget, open to new ways of thinking, open to new ideas, open to new possible directions and routes, um, getting rid of those preconceptions that we might you know, get and I'm coming out with precisely that and I'm also also coming out ready for the next 10 years yeah yeah so that's something you know I really appreciated about you know when you were telling me your intentions and everything as I got to know you and your process you often brought up this idea of here you are if you don't mind me sharing the age thing you're about to be 30 you're over yeah you're looking forward you know, in a mature way to the next 10 years of your life and you wanted to do something to start it off on the right foot, for you that was a large part of what this dieta was intended to be. Yeah. You wanted to do something for yourself that would let you just look at everything, put everything in line and be as clean and as precise as possible in having a good foundation, a good plan for the next decade of your life. That's super mature, you know? That's a good thing you, to, to, to want to do for yourself. Yeah, did, it, did it do that for you? Oh, most definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely did. I mean, you saw it. Yeah. I was like, um, I came, you know, as I came in, like, like I felt like it was the first time I ever took the medicine. You know, I, I there was even one point where we were talking about it earlier by the pool. There's an awesome pool here. Um, we're talking about it. And it dawned on me that I, I even asked you, so how do I drink it? And you're like, you already know. I'm like, oh, that's right. I already know how to drink it. You know? Yeah, many days into the process, there was one night where I was in charge of bringing him his ayahuasca. And I poured it and I gave it to him. And he asked me, how do I drink this? And I had already told him 
all of my tips of how to drink it, <laughs> you know, it's the easiest way possible. So I told him, you already know. Yeah, so, I mean, because I had forgotten. Yeah, he was so much into unlearning and yeah. being open and, and blank that he had even forgotten that detail. Yeah, it was really awesome. It was really interesting, too, because there was points where I was, like, I was, like, scared like a little child, you know. I would hear a little noise, and typically I hear things. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not afraid of the dark, you know, I'm fine. But here, I'll, I mean, I mean, mind you, I was pretty much in paradise, you know, like, I love the outdoors, you know, we go to the mountains in North, Northern California all the time with my family. We love going glamping, we love doing camping things. I'm not afraid of, you know, bugs, I'm not afraid of any of that. But this time I was, you know, with medicine, the, the, the plant medicine we were taking, I was scared shitless, but I wasn't scared because of that, I was scared because it was bringing out all kinds of fears in me that I didn't realized consciously that I had and they were all coming out they were just pouring out I'm like oh my god what is this you know I I, I did I did the thought of quitting did run by it really did because it was it felt tough but oh my god it was an awesome tough like a tough of like exercise exercise yeah like oh my god I can't care this anymore but you know as the minutes went by the hours went by Days went by, two weeks went by. You know, I kept moving on and moving on to different, like, different chapters of the, that book, and the finale was a grand, beautiful, just powerful finale. Yeah, and you know, by the way, uh, on that point of the finale, which we just had last night, didn't we? Last night, the night before. The night before, yeah. Yeah, you share something with Karim with that ceremony that you had that we finished with. You don't know this. But only you and Karim have touched something that you touched last night. Something that's very still growing there. And uh, only you two have had that particular kind of special ceremony. So you are brothers in that way. And I'm actually looking forward to talking to Karim. Hello, Karim. I was a little bit in touch with him today, but we're going to have a nice voice chat to catch up. And I'm going to let him know everything, you know, in general about what just happened in that ceremony. He's going to love every detail because he knows he was there too. We had the same kind of ceremony <laughs> in a different way, the same energy. Really? I mean, yeah. So okay. our last ceremony, see, to explain to people a little bit what I'm talking about is um, when we go through the dieta process, there's a certain separation that I as a facilitator, Maestro Orlando, as the facilitator of the process, we have to kind of back away and not connect with you because it's supposed to be about you and the medicine. But in that final ceremony, something nice happens when, you know, we have certain social kinds of people come through that are more open, that love to connect more, as you do. The last ceremony sort of loosens up a bit, right? Because now we're at the end of the dieta, you're not in isolation anymore, you're about to go back to life. So after that last ceremony, we can talk, we can really connect again, you know, we, I can open my heart more and, you know, say things that I would hold back on in a dieta. And so we had this... Very nice, very interesting ceremony, but the hours after that ceremony is what makes it really special for me, because that moment of casually laying and talking for hours in the dark in that ceremony space, long after the ceremony's over, and these little moments that sneak in, the medicine's still at work, you know, I think you know the moment I'm talking about where you <laughs> did that thing, that came just naturally in the middle of conversa conversa conversation. And I think that was a really important moment of your entire dieta, 
And it only happened because we were there talking. Yeah. Right? So that real human connection, that too is real medicine. Yeah. And at Dieta, we have to back away from that a little. But I love those, those are memories I keep forever as someone who helps people through this. You and Karim, it was the same vibe. Oh, wow. Karim, we spoke for hours and hours <laughs> after the ceremony in that floor. And special things happened there. Yeah. And that's all part of the beauty of this medicine. You know, after doing the disciplined work, doing your hard push-ups, and that rest at the end, we connect as humans, and all sorts of other magic comes through. It's like it's like we connect like internet. It's like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the house? Yeah, that nice yeah, that, that's moment. really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm always talking about psychicness around these medicines. That was that was pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, just a little one, but interesting. So, and, then, and then the young girl after that too. Young girl. The girl from Canada. Girl from Canada. I felt her. Ah, you're right, yeah. So there was another little piece of psychicness too. So I guess we could start there. Uh, there was a, a, a new guest who joined us near the end of David's Dieta. Two days before. Yeah, and David, being in Dieta for two weeks at that point practically, getting very open energetically and spiritually, he was alone as a dieter on the camp, as sometimes happens, no one else was around. But this day, someone came, and he knew someone was coming, because I had mentioned it, but I hadn't mentioned anything about this person. David sensed something that day about who arrived. I felt that a young female arrived. He felt the energy of a young female arrive. Sure enough, it was a young female. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, a little bit of sensitivity there. Yeah. yeah. Right? So there's one. But then in that last ceremony, in that chat afterwards, we were talking about dreams of life. You know, I'd like to build this and have that. And uh, we were talking, I think you were asking me whether I'd like to have a little shack right on the property one day yeah. and live right at the Dieta Center. And I told him, oh, well, that's maestro space. But, you know, I've got an eye on a little shack across the river in the village that I'd love to maybe buy or rent one day. And I start describing this to him. You know, it's up on, like, stilts. It doesn't have a lower floor. It's just the second floor and, like, a ladder going up there. It's a simple little shack, but there's never anybody in it. Every time I walk by it, it catches my eye, and I think, one of these days, that's going to be my little shack if no one's using it. And David told me... Oh, well, f first he told me, maybe tomorrow, if we have time, I can show it to yeah, you. Yeah, I'll point it out. And, and I said... Go, go ahead. You said, I, already saw I, already, I, I feel like I already see it. <laughs> you already gave it to me. Yeah, I said, oh, I already saw it. You, you gave it to me. I can see yeah. it. <laughs> and so I said, a little challenge there. I said, do you see any color? Is it a color? And I was like, and there's a silence for a while. I'm like, blue? It's blue. He <laughs> says, I get blue. Brown, you said first. But there's brown and then there's blue. And then there's blue. And that's exactly right. <laughs> it's mostly brown wood down on the beams at the bottom, but the walls up top are painted blue. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was able to tell David, guess what? It is blue. Yeah. Little psychic moment. That was pretty awesome. Oh, that's just a small one. They happen all the time. But that, you got a kick out of that one. Yeah, that was sort of well. like uh, yeah. got emotional for a bit, <laughs> yeah. giggling like, "Oh my well, god, it's it, crazy!" Because it, it, it was one after another. Because we had talked about the shadow before that. Yeah, which a was lot really of awesome. Sharing, you know, and stories. I'm really looking forward to like reading your book when I get back home. I already ordered it. Thank you. On Amazon, uh, it's called Ayahuasca with a exclamation exclamation mark. mark. Terror and miracles. In yeah, Peruvian Amazon. And I'm really looking forward to that and. Hopefully one day the second part when it's excited. Uh, yeah. So, 
So how is this thing, this whole dieta thing, you know, I know I already asked you this in your testimonial video, but coming in, you sort of knew what to expect. Um, but how was it really compared to what you felt like coming in? What did you find was the reality of this process? So having experience with, med with having had the privilege of being with medicine in the past and having had the privilege and the opportunity to be able to, um, you know, first of all, I'm going to back up a little bit. First of all, I'm really, really grateful that I live in the nation that I live in, in the United States. Um, you know, I'm an, originally an immigrant. You know, I, I, my parents took me to the United States when I was a little boy. You know, and I'm really just grateful for all the opportunities I've had in that great country and the, the opportunity and privilege that I'm able to take time out and really work on myself and give time to myself and have the opportunity to have these experiences. And in my past experiences, ceremonies uh, here in Peru, it's been really awesome. You know, I've met some great people because of been big group ceremonies. I have connections that till today I talk to them quite often. And I've made great friends, great, just been incredible, incredible growth from there. Um, at one point, um, at one point in my life, about three years ago, before I came for my first ceremony here in Peru, I had he had a really bad depression. I was depressed, like clinically depressed for about six months. I was on medication, nothing would work. I was on lithium. I was on all kinds of medications, like really, really, really strong medications. I, I was a zombie for six months. I, I was. I'm just really happy that I work. There's a great team there at home. I have a great family. You know, great people, great wife, everybody's just awesome. Everybody really supported me throughout this time. But those six months, I was just a zombie, you know. Uh, Stephanie, who I'm really grateful for, my wife, she did her research, found this retreat place in Circuit Valley. I went there. Uh, I went back to the States clean. No more medication needed. Depression was gone. I figured out what it was. What was it? Please share. It was ego. E-G-O. The bad kind. So I hit, I realized that I hit this depression because I, some business deals had gone wrong. Some people that I thought were my friends backstabbed me. Um, I felt backstabbed maybe, you know. Um, I was also just spiritually down. And I realized during my first ceremony, during my first drink, I was going through a really, I thought I was going through a really horrible time, but in reality, It showed me that the reason why I was depressed was because my ego couldn't take it. Like, how could they do this to me, to David? How dare they? And it was really my ego. That's what really, I mean, another amongst other things, to make long story short, I went back home clean. I've been awesome ever since. And again, I'm really privileged and lucky and blessed to have the abilities that I Success in my brain and my to do what I do as my, my profession and be able to make the time and live comfortably and make the time to be able to do these things. So having said all that, those past experiences, very loving, very awesome with people. And then my last experience in before this in Iquitos, seeing those people coming out of that dieta, I realized, all right, I think I'm ready for big boy stuff. Mm. I think I'm ready for this thing called a dieta. And that's when I reached out. I saw, uh, I did some research. 
what what a dieta was, the different plant medicines. I watched videos on YouTube, and I'm like, all right. And then I, right around October, November, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I reached out to you, and I said, I'm ready. Let's go. I did it, and I came here. Um, I came here knowing that it was going to be different, and leading up the last few months, I started getting really scared. Mm. I felt the fear. I felt like it was going to be my first time ever taking the medicine. And there was times that I thought, oh, maybe I should postpone it, maybe I should change it, but, I, but I'm like, no, I shouldn't, because I feel scared. That means that there's something in there. In my past experiences, I learned if there's fear, there's something dark in there. Something needs to come out, and I need to face it, because that fear in there, now, if I let it win, it's just gonna, I'm just going to give it more power. Yes, sir. I need to get rid of it. So I came here with some a little bit of fear in my belly. I don't know what it was. It was just like some sort of fear. But I felt, I wasn't like putting it in my brain, but I felt that this one was going to be very different. And I felt that it was going to be tough. But I also knew that it was going to be extremely rewarding because there was something in there that I needed to get out. There was something. I just couldn't pinpoint it. So I got here that expectation but again no expectation because it's new to me and it was true there was some really deep fear that i needed to get out of me and i got it out good and right now i feel fresh i feel centered i feel with courage the, the positive kind courage to take on things to take on life and really move forward and yeah, anyway, that's the answer to that question. That's <laughs> oh, beautiful. And, you know, I got to focus in on that point you said. I know I told you this already, but exactly that thought. Scared, but then realizing that fear lives in me. Yeah. And it's tripping me up everywhere. And if I listen to the fear and don't go and face it, I'm letting it win. And I'm surrendering to it. And I will stay its victim forever. Yeah. Some point is going to have to come where I challenge it. And I you have to challenge it to win. You don't just ignore it and win. You ignore it, it wins. It's there. It stays. So you recognize that. You know, I shared with you, you know, that's exactly the thought that brought me back to ayahuasca. Because my first, when you read my book, you'll get all the details. The first time I drank ayahuasca, it absolutely terrified me to a point where I thought I would go insane in my dieta from the fear. But even then, I didn't want to give up. I stayed through that whole dieta, scared out of my mind, and I left there thinking, I am never doing that again. <laughs> but it was that thought, that same thought that got to me at one point when I got back to life and was reprocessing over and over everything that happened, and I identified that. It was fear everywhere, and a lot of that was just me. And I can't find one fact in exactly what happened through that entire dieta, my first one. I don't see a single threat that was actually there. It was all my fear catching me everywhere, and I was falling down in front of it everywhere. Yeah. And I got that same thought of, I can't let this bastard win. Yep. This is with me still now here in life. It's everywhere in my life. And I want to kill this thing. So I'm going back, even though I'm still scared. <laughs> and I went back. And long story short, here I am now, the apprentice, helping people move through this process. El profecito. El 
face that fear, you know, and it's really, I appreciate that honesty, you know, some people hesitate on sharing the fear when I talk to them like this, you know, they know people are going to listen, they want to make it look good, so they, they shy away from sharing about the fear, but no, I don't care what I'm it's, pressing about, it's about <laughs> the fear, exactly, if you have fear, don't go, oh, he says there was fear, and it was hard and scary, so I'm going to say, wait, no, that's exactly yeah. why you come, and you come and work with me specifically here, I know about that fear, and I kicked its ass, and I'm going to help you kick its ass. Yeah. Now, if I could use maybe an extreme sort of sounding image to describe exactly what I understand happens in the dieta, it's like you come here, and you get dunked in a tank of medicine water, and you sort of get held down in there. It's not going to drown you. You're safe. But as it soaks into your lungs and your system and you sort of drown in it in a certain sense, all of the cockroaches and spiders and demons living inside of you, they try to jump ship. They come out of the woodwork in, from inside you. And you see it come out. You feel it come out. You felt the little you know, waves of fear here and there that you had to face. Big waves of fear. <laughs> and that can scare people away. But that's where my job is to keep you there. Right, but me and Maestro Orlando, the thing is, we're not going to chop that snake's head off for you. The snake's head will come out, it'll hiss at you, it's attached to you, you can't get rid of it. You have to then chop its head off. That's the opportunity of a, of a dieta. The discomfort comes, the ugly stuff, the poison comes up, but then you find the strength to say, get the fuck out of me, chop its head off, do whatever you got to do to win over it, and then you walk out of that process, out of that water, without it in you anymore. It's it's sort of getting in the ring with your demons, locking yourself in the ring. One of us is coming out. Well, or two of us. Look, either I'm coming out without you, or I'm going to come out still with you, but I'll understand you a lot better for the next fight, right? Maybe it takes a couple dietas to win over your big demons. Yeah. But at least every time you get in that ring and have that scary face off and face it and feel it and want to run away but not be able to, that's work towards winning. And, you know, when you do it with the right fire, you can get rid of it right there. All sorts of large and small demons come up and die in a dieta tambo, that little shelter that you were in. I can't tell you how many big and small demons I've seen left dead on the floor of those spaces when people walk out of here, and that is freaking beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, it is. So good job facing fear, man. Thank you know, you. the way the fear was coming up, even before you came, just having booked it, the fear already senses its death. Yeah. And it starts hissing at you. No, don't. It's going to be scary. Yeah. Trust me, you know. <laughs> and then you could give up right there, like you said. You had thoughts of it. Yeah. But that's where you were winning, one step at a time. I'm not listening to you. Yeah. We're going, you know. So maybe an extreme sounding example, but that really energetically is the reality of what healing with these medicines in a dieta is about. It's get in the ring, face the demon, have the courage to stay there with it, even if it howls at you, get out, I'll kill you, you know? Then you find your voice and go, no, I will kill you, you bastard. Yeah. That's when you win. Exactly. That's exactly. when they die. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because, I mean, we all have this weaknesses demons, this insecurities at the end, you know, uh, I faced mine. I saw a lot of things that were there of mine, fears, certain things, certain energies that surrounded my life, my daily life at work, you know, and I was able to 
faced them head on. It was tough. But I did it. I, I really, really did it. And at the moment, it was hell. At the moment, when they come out, when I saw that, when I was seeing those things, it was really terrifying. But then going through it and getting them out, it was such a big victory. But on to the next, mm-hmm. and on to the next, and on to the next. And then by the end of the dieta, I mean, it's just incredible. Like, you really did it. You really do it. And the energy, I mean, it's just just incredible, really. I mean, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. Can I share with you a little story from one of my dietas, as I've done so often as we know each other? No, you can't. Okay. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> right. I was going to share this earlier, but it's more appropriate now, I think. Perfect. And look at the sun. Like, right now, can, can I share this before yeah, we say yeah, so, 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 all right. So, we're in this, like, room, in this, like, awesome hotel, in top of a mountain, overlooking other mountains, here in the jungle, in, in, in Tarapoto, Peru. And there's like incredible, just a little bit of overcast, some clouds, but you can see the sun is hitting us head on. We're sitting in this really comfortable chairs with our feet up on some, I don't know what you call this thing. Stools, of, Stools some of some sort. You you have your beer, you know, <laughs> you have your cigar, your puro. Celebrating the, a good dieta. Celebrating a good dieta. I have my water bottle here. You know, there's a beautiful white hammock. doesn't compare to the one on the tambo, but it's really nice and fancy. And we're just overlooking this recording this and i mean how much more pleasure how much better can life get and the moment though like look at this moment and and to share with everybody who listens to this and to you that was one of my big wins to really celebrate in my personal life to really go at the tiny little moments to not let them fly away to pay attention to them because they will never come back but if I pay attention to them, if I put my energy and get the laziness out of the way, that state, I created the moment because I paid attention to it, and I will now have it forever. Mm-hmm. I created a seed, and a tree will grow out of that. Beautiful. Right. On well, to your story. I'll, I'll add actually first a little bit to that, Perfect. because you're also vaguely mentioning what you told me a couple times about this thought. See, in Dieta, it's not just the big things you change. It's all these little things you see that you're like, I should just change this simple little thing, this little mistake I'm making, that life can be so much better for people around me and for me. If I just tweak this and that and that, there's all these little notes to self in a Dieta. And related to what you were saying there, you told me, for an example, your daughter, you love your family very much. You got a big old heart and you know, it's, it's beautiful. You were telling me, sometimes my daughter comes to me and she says, Dad, will you read me a story? And you do. You know, so often we'll do it. But you saw how sometimes you'll just, just out of laziness or, you know, tiredness, you say, ah, not right now. You know, you're distracted with your phone or something. And you send her off without that moment. And you realized you got to take that moment for her. Put down the phone. You don't feel right. Whatever. Your daughter wants a moment with her dad. Give her each one of those that you can Unless you have a really good reason not to, right? And at the end of the day, the reality of that moment is not just hers, it's mine. Yeah. And one day, as I now do with my father, one day she'll remember, oh, my dad used to read stories to me. She's a great reader. She's like ahead of her class. She's in, she's like probably like two years ahead of her class right now. I'm reading. She loves to read. And that's a good 
thing, you know, because I had to force myself to read when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. The first book I read, uh, of course, aside from the school books, the first book I read on my own that I picked up and read uh, was this book called Attitude 101 by, by John Maxwell. And I believe that's part of when this, I mean, li- life is very, life is amazing. There's been points in life where things have happened to me that have steered me in a different path. That later on that path, something happened that steered me into the other path. And then here I am. But that moment, I read that book, Attitude 101, John Maxwell. It's a tiny little thin red book. And it talked about attitude. How simple attitude is. I'm like, oh my God. And at the time, I was, a, I believe, a freshman in high school. And there was times where I felt depressed. I felt sad kids were bullying me because I didn't have nice shoes, because of my accent, because I didn't have nice clothes, or whatever. And I realized, whoa, it's all in my attitude. And I begin, that's, I believe that's what began to prepare me for this path. Nice. You know? And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> here we are. Still at it, you know? Yes, it all adds up. Life is amazing. Yeah. You know, before I share that story I was going to share, I mean, I had a little one here that's got to do with that. You just made me think of it. There's this little moment that I think back on sometimes that happened when I was a kid. So I also had like a humble family that worked hard and you know, when I think back on things in childhood, I'm like, wow, we really were struggling for some of these moments that I remember. One of these moments was my mom, you know, to help the kids. There was this, like, I don't know if it was a charity thing, but it was like a big warehouse full of tubs and tubs of various used books that had been donated by closed libraries or people. I don't know where. But it was all these books on a ridiculous discount, right, for needy families or anything like that. And my mom had taken all us kids to there and let us loose in there and say go pick all the books you want kids right so we were free to wander and i'm looking through and i'm getting like fantasy books things with cool illustrations on the cover you know looking for drawings i like art of course so i'd look for cool things to look at so i got all these typical kid books i remember there was a choose your own adventure i did love those but there was this one book that i just came across and it just grabbed me for some reason. It was this really boring, mature book for, like, adults. It was just white, a little book, and the cover was just words. And it said, worries and fears. Wow. And that's all it said. And I flipped through it, no drawings. It's just really adult self-help stuff. I'm, like, eight years old. And I grab it, and I take it, and I put it in my little pile. It was like an impulse. And when I got to check out, I remember my mom was looking through what we all got, and she picked it out, and she's like, what is this? Why do you have this? And I didn't even know why. I was like, I don't know. And she's like, okay, she put it in. But even back then as a kid, I felt it was a problem I had. In that moment, I sensed it. You have worries and fears, and it's a problem, fear especially. And it was dietas years later, just as you say, coming here and doing dietas for me, that got me over those fears. But I think back on that little moment, I'm like, wow, even then there's an instinct that's like, this is something you need to work on before I even had many fears and worries to come across in life, you know? So yeah, beautiful the way little moments like that. It's, it's amazing, you know, yeah. like, like, and going back to my personal that I just had, yeah. I mean, we're building a life on moments. Yep. We're building careers on moments. Yep. We're building families on moments. Mm-hmm. Uh memories on moments we can solve issues we can create great things on tiny moments and on just constant 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 calibration of decisions and attitude the most powerful point in that is choice yeah 
That's where I think now of the other book I got, Choose Your Own Adventure. Huh? Life is a choose-your-own-adventure book. You make your choices exactly. and write your story one choice at a time. Exactly. It's got infinite possibilities. Of... It will turn out the way you chose. Yeah. You have to be conscious of that power. Yeah. Beautiful. That's a nice little branch off we just had. That's amazing. <laughs> and that brings us to the story I was going to share yeah, about yeah. here. Perfect. Yeah, so here we are, back in Dieta Stories. So In front of this amazing... Constantly view. lowering sun. The beautiful, it's going to turn into a sunset yeah. soon. We're going to experience <laughs> it. We're going to narrate it to you guys just All as right. if it was like a, I don't know, maybe like a football game. <laughs> they narrate it now as if it was like horse races or something like that, you know? <laughs> it's like So here it is. A Dieta that I had a couple years back with my friend Andre, who I told you about. Came and did it yet with Hola, Andre, all the way to Hello, my beautiful to the north. favorite friend, Andre. Canada. Yes, sir. He was doing his dieta, and I was doing my dieta right alongside him, guiding him and his mother through dieta. And still not quite on top of all of my fear around ayahuasca. And the panther, the black panther for me, I had already identified that year was a symbol of all the great fear for me. It had become like the circling enemy in my dietas. And I felt it and I had realized it had been symbolically there for so long in all my dietas. Even in my book, I had written about feeling like an animal had chased me out of that camp, out of the woods one night. And I described it like a panther in the book. You know, and when I realized later the panther is the symbol of that, I realized even back then I knew it, right? So the panther, the black panther, was now clearly an enemy of mine. And in this drink, in the solo drink, Andre's drinking, his mom's drinking, I'm drinking, I had come through this moment of, again, sort of falling to the fear and feeling, ah, oh, I'm going to lose, this isn't going well. And I had had this vision come of an old shaman leaning over me from behind, the spirit of a powerful old medicine man. Might have been Meister Orlando's grandfather, for all I know. And he leaned over me, and I had a pain in my chest, and I felt like darkness in my chest. And I had felt there was a cave there. It was like a black cave in my solar plexus with badness in there. And the shaman then had leaned over, and I saw the whole process. He had two bottles one must have been ayahuasca. The other one was a transparent bottle with water. And out of a bag that he had on his side, just like Meister Orlando carries, he took out some kind of plant root, he bit it in half, spit one half from his mouth into the water bottle. And I watched it fall in, and this milky substance come out of the root and mix like milk into the water. And I was like, oh, what is that medicine? And with this other end of this root, he put it on a cotton ball, white cotton ball, he dabbed it all around that circle, that hole in my chest, around that cavern I had discovered. And even as I watched that, I was like, this isn't doing anything. This is useless. I don't feel anything. This is, I'm going to fail, you know? And that moment ended. But soon after, I was left focusing again on that cavern. And as I sort of peered into it with my mind, what's in there? What is this thing? I felt an enemy in there. I felt like a creature stuck at the back of the cave, growling, like eyes, something black. And I realized as I peered in, it's the goddamn panther. Wow. It's not only around me, it's right <laughs> it's in you. there. That's where wow. he lives. 
So that's where I had an important moment where I grabbed it by, I reached in there with like my spirit arms, with my will, I grabbed it by the scruff of the neck and I threw it out into the ground of the tambo with emotion. Get the fuck out. You don't live here. This is not your space. And when I did that, what came out in my vision wasn't a panther. It was a little black cat. Huh? <laughs> it had shrunk into like a cowardly little cat. Just like out I threw it. Get the fuck out of here. I sent it scurrying into the woods. And I took that moment to come out of that vision. I blew tobacco onto my chest as Maestro Orlando does for protection, for sealing energy. I thought, close this cave. You're not coming back. You're evicted. That was an important moment for me. I blew tobacco out into the night outside of my net. Get the fuck out of this tambo. Panther, you don't live here anymore. Wow. It was a sort of victory <laughs> moment, right? Wow, congrats. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and there's a little more. As I sat there in the afterglow of that thinking, wow, I think that really was important. That really did something. Wow, that shaman with that white medicine, maybe that helped cleanse, give me the courage or something sitting there processing as you know you do after a vision you lay there and think and all sorts of other thoughts come and then there was this candle I had I had it and I knew I needed it that night I'd taken it out and put it near my bed and I thought maybe for me if I need light you know for fear but I'm looking at it as I'm sitting out breathing for a second I see it and I think why do I have that candle it's not for me I thought I'll light it or light it just for fun I light it put it down on the ground next to my bed, and I sit, and I think as I light it, the thought comes, you're lighting this for Andre. Huh? That's all I thought. Put it down, I sit. Not one minute later, a flashlight comes down the trail from Andre's direction, and it's Andre. Huh. The second he gets to my camp, he says, wow, nice candle. I <laughs> sort of just go, <laughs> <laughs> it's for you. <laughs> That's for you, you know. I knew you were coming, and I'm like, what's up, man? And he says, well, I think I need some more. I'm not really getting any effect. So I say, well, you know, walk on back to camp, ask Maestro Orlando for more. He may give it, he may not, right? So off goes Andre. I get back into thinking. As I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, my effect is pretty much done, and I had done my work for the night with that panther. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and Andre's not coming back. It's been a while, I'm calculating to walk back to camp, to talk to Maestro for a minute, get your medicine, walk back. He should have passed by. He really should have passed by. So I start to worry. I start to think weird thoughts like, could there be like really a panther around that like grabbed him or something? Like, I really hope something's not wrong, right? So right around that time, he passes. I'm like, okay, good. Oh, Jesus. So what do you say? Ah, oh, he said I don't need any more. All right, man, back to bed. Maybe it'll keep going, you know? It was back to bed. I still worry about the panther, right? And I worry about the panther now around Andre. I blow more tobacco. You stay the fuck away from my friend. You get out. You're not around anyone, right? And this so ends the night. The next day I visit Andre and I ask him, so after you came back, after I saw you, you know, did you have much effect? And he's describing, you know, I had this and that. And then he says, ah, there was this one thing that happens. There was a while where I was sitting here, and I sort of had the idea there was like a panther <laughs> rummaging around my bed, sniffing around my net. And I just figured, you know, it's just an idea, you know, and like just ignore it. And it eventually went away. 
So the <laughs> panther had latched on to him somehow. Oh, wow. When and he had followed, followed him back to his camp, the spirit of the panther, yeah. the fear, and it was wow. trying to find another home. Wow. The weird way fear is like a living spirit looking for a host. Very interesting. Yeah. And that was like a weird other psychic moment, right? Yeah. A spirit that I had just ejected that I knew was still around and I felt was around him. It was. Wow. And he didn't let it in, of course. He stayed brave and it left. Didn't find a home in him. Hope it went off into the mountains as I often told it to just get the fuck out of here or I'm killing you. <laughs> you know? So ends this story. You know, I had a, I had a moment on the last drink um, where there was this particular fear and particular moment that's that happened to me this year. It's past, like, pretty recent. And that created some sort of fear and discomfort in me. And I faced it during the last drink. Well, I think that was, like, the last thing. I faced it. I realized a lot of things that I need to do when I get back home. I'm super strong and super good about them. But this particular fear, you know, first I was scared of it. Then I grew bigger and bigger and bigger and stronger than it. And I told that fear, you're an imbecile. You're a coward. And that fear was just sitting there crying and, oh, I'm sorry, please don't. Get the fuck out of here. And I got him and locked, locked him up like in a cage and it's gone. Yeah. Forever. It. It's gone. And I mean, yeah, I mean, this is just all so like, I mean, the, the planet, the planet and the great architect of this, of all this, loves us so much this planet loves us so much too that it gives us this incredible it gives us fruits vegetables animals and then it gives us this what i consider the most advanced technology not yet recognized by man the medicine the medicine that helps us to really get our brain you know to really get that software going in our brain in our soul getting our organs because our organs also have thoughts you know our organs are also like very beings of their own they're very conscious yeah you know they're doing their work they need this kind of brain to work yeah yeah and you know our kidneys and, and things like that and it's also this works also very very important because you know we're, we're a chemical machine like like this planet gives us human beings exactly what we need to stay healthy and be alive and be well you know the planet all the vegetables and all the nutrition and all the, you know, everything that it gives us, you know, and our, and our body is such an incredible machine, such an advanced technology created by such an advanced thing. And, you know, each, each one, when we have fear, when we have anger, when we have sadness, when we have any of these things, chemicals get created. And those chemicals are energy. They're out of energy, and they get stored in places. They get stored in our livers. They get stored in our um, in blood. In our blood, they get stored. And then later on, and I'm not a doctor or anything. I'm not a scientist. But what I've seen and understand is that later on we have diseases. Later on we have, you know, kidney problems. You know, um, liver problems, health problems because, you know, oh, so and so. Because he's so mad all the time or preoccupied, he got ulcers or things like that. You know, you hear things that all the time. And we really need to, I believe in this path, and I've been learning about this, we really also need to listen to our organs. And our organs many times are what we call intuition. You know, like sometimes we feel something that's not right in our belly. 
I want them to listen to our gut. Yeah, I you know? feel it in my gut. I feel it in my gut. Like, there's something wrong. I feel there's something right. There's something exciting okay. about this, you know. It's it's so amazing how all this works. We really need to listen to that. We really need to take care of our, of those things and and be conscious about it. Something cool that happened to me is um, our very... I, don't, I didn't even tell you about this. Our, I told you about the thing with my back, the little bit back problem that I had, and I healed it. But I've had a knee... I, I just out of out of um, just habit, I crack it like I move it like this. Um, I've had this pain in my this particular pain in my knee for years. I've gone to the doctor; they've done, you know, what they need to do. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just there. It's it's a, it's a knee pain right on my kneecap. It just hurts. I've never hurt my knee. Now that I remember, nothing. The night of the last. My whole leg right here was hurting so bad, and my knee was hurting so bad. I had a lot of discomfort. But at the very beginning of the ceremony, when I was, I was smoking the mapacho and like you know, cleansing, you know, cleansing myself and giving myself protection, my knee was hurting, and I thought, "Oh, please help, help this, help this diet that fix my knee." I don't know what it is. Please help me fix it. And then I also had a back problem. My left side, a little bit of a pain every now and then. I'm like, I don't know what the pain is. Please help me fix it. So the very last ceremony, my knee, I put some intention in it. Please heal it. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't want it to grow into a bad, bad knee. I want to send good, nutritious compounds in there, you know, good chemicals in there to, you know, create good protection. And the last two days, it hasn't hurt at all. And it's a slight pain that's always with me all the time. That is not a like very big pain, but it's a pain that oh my god, my knee hurts every day. It's like man, my knee hurts, mm-hmm. you know. And it's seriously gone. The pain is gone, mm-hmm. and it's just that that power of intention and the power of consciousness about that particular part of my body, yeah. you know. Especially in ceremony, when you have the ayahuasca, and yeah. you have so many channels are open, and yeah. there are moments. It's opportunity in those moments. So if you take the opportunity like that with attention, especially in those moments, it's, it can be very powerful. Yeah, and, and I really meant that. I really prayed, man, like my knee, like, yeah, what's wrong with it? You know, I really want to, yeah. I need yourself. But anyway, on that note, we are really advanced technology. The plants are extremely advanced technology. These medicines that are able to act with our brains and, how, like, how crazy is it that there's this compounds, these chemicals that are able to interact with our brain chemicals in such a way that we're able to open up like this, open up all our senses, mm. open up our energy, be able to go in between energies, in between dimensions, in between universes, yeah. be able to see all these things, being able to comprehend and understand and really cleanse our the sickness of our soul, the sickness of our energy. Mind, and body, spirit. Mind, body, spirit, you know, and... and we're able to see all these things and, and wow, you know, like it just, and then the more you see, the more you see these things, the more, the more you think you learn, the more you know that you don't know shit. Yeah. You know? And as we were talking earlier in the pool, you know, one of my personal intentions was to unlearn because I believe that once you have an opinion of something, once you think you, you know something, you already close tab yourself you close that yourself to other possible ideas or other possible outcomes. This helps. This helps to really unlearn and to really see that anything could happen. There's all outcomes of possibilities. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the best thing will happen if we have love in us. 
we do everything we do, walking, talking, thinking with that love and that consciousness of, I feel love. I feel love. I feel love in me. That energy. And that that's a really, just a beautiful energy. And uh, this sunset is just killer. Sunset Amazing. is coming. Wow. That's yeah, beautiful. It's nice, nice scenario to be talking. Yeah, to. yeah, I'm, yeah. We should take. I'll take a picture after this, and you should put it on the on the link. Yeah, maybe I'll yeah I'll link podcast. it below. Yeah. So so far, the links I will add below this episode are where I shared about the panther for the first time. That would be the episode. I am an ayahuasca apprentice. The big story of that. Oh come on, your book as well, please. Your book. The link for your book. Well, I always talk about the book here and there. The book Ayahuasca Terror and Miracles in the Peruvian Amazon available. On Amazon. So, um, of course, I guess I'll link that too. And the picture we'll take when this gets to the prime moment. It's still coming. Yeah. Ah, my friends. I'm glad you came, man. Hey. All of you guys. Like, thank you. You and Toby before you. You know, a good start to this I year. I might. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. I Let's, might. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, that was a very, was it, was it a story? Oh, whatever. Oh, whatever. Anyway, you get the point. Hey, mate. Uh, <laughs> lots of love down under, man. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, Australia, not, not that kind of under. I don't you love down under, buddy. <laughs> Australia, man. Uh, much love over there. I hope to see you soon, man. And yeah, I'll put you guys in touch, and I know you'll click. Cool. You guys um, attacked it very similarly, you both. Good good dedication and beautiful dieta to both of you. Thank you, Two man. weeks. Thanks. Thanks. Well, Karim, hello to you. Hello Karim. to you. Mom, hello if you're listening to this. Hi, Mom, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone that knows me. Hi, I love you all. Um, if you heard this years later and you know me now, I love you. <laughs> my, my future kids, if you're listening to this, I know you probably will look me up one day. I love you, too. Anybody listening to this, send you much love. Don Pedro, Profesito, thank you so much for your dedication, man. Same back um, at you, man. You know, just want to share one moment our first ceremony when you were playing that harmonica that you do so darn freaking well. I hope you post videos on YouTube. Please do. Uh, put some music on Spotify or something, please, and your flute. But when you played that song, you played Lo Que Será Será, mm -hmm. which is just amazing. I was like, oh, it's like my new thing to life, Lo Que Será Será, you know? And I hope you like the little video I sent you, Lo Que Será Será. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just really felt your humility, your dedication, your courage, your love, your commitment to your apprenticeship, your commitment to the center, your commitment to the people, your commitment for spiritual, mental well-being of all of others. Thank you so much for dedicating your body, your soul, your mind, everything, your finances, everything to this process, to us people. I really admire you, and I really, you know, toast to you, and I'll think of you quite often. Cheers, buddy. Salud. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, thank you for everything, man, and I really hope that a lot more people get to experience this incredible experiences because they truly are life-changing in a very, very uncalculable positive manner. And just massively possible, uh, positive, incredibly positive. A lifelong investment in yourself lifelong. is a dieta. Exactly. I mean, 
I mean, we do we we buy little coffees here and there. We spend our money on things that really won't make a difference in our lives. Something like this, this medicines, this work, a dieta, meeting people such as yourself. This is the best investment one can do on themselves. The best gift one can give thyself. And if one takes care of thyself and one really gives themselves this type of love and attention, then one can really love back and give others the same love and attention. One cannot give what one doesn't have. And we're like an ATM machine, you know? We're like an ATM machine in the fact that we can only put out as much as we have. Like if I go with my debit card, try to pull out money, and I don't have enough in my account, nothing will come out. If we have love, we'll give love. If we have hate, we'll give hate. If we have sorrow, we'll give sorrow. If we have sadness, we'll give sadness. It's our choice. It's really our choice. And it's also really our choice. If we know there's something going on with us, it's our choice to stay that way and let it get worse and pass it on to the people that surround us, pass it on to our children, pass it on to our family members, friends, and end up in a bad position in life. Or it's our choice to give ourselves true love, not in the form of objects, not in the form of vices, worldly pressure, pleasures, but really giving our soul, our mind, our spirit, that care, that fixing, that loving that we need. So we can really go out there and love others and, and really live a truly fulfilled life. We have to free ourselves of the shit that keeps us in that those cages, those mental cages have to free ourselves of that shit. How are we going to be free? How are we going to be able to really live a truly fulfilled life if we don't take care of those things? So I wish upon anyone, upon myself, and from myself to you all, give yourself that love and respect. So then you can really love and respect others. And much love and light. Beautiful. I hope. It's funny because before you said all of that, I was thinking maybe I should ask him, what would you say to people listening maybe for a while to all my content about dietas and they're always on the fence about doing it, thinking about it, but like missing some push. What would you say to them? And you just said all of it. Well, <laughs> yeah. So much love to everyone. You know, thank you for this moment, man. Thank you for being here with me right now. Yes. Um, I'm ready to go back into the world. I'm ready to go back and first make a def- difference in my home, make a difference with me, so I can live my own home and make a true difference in the world. If my affairs at home aren't taken care of, how am I supposed to take care of other people's affairs and other things at home or work in my professional life? Out. Oh. Yeah. You know. So I'm 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 ready. I'm secure. I feel very confident. Confident in a very loving way. I feel super calm and humble and ready to go out there and be me. Mm. I'd say you found that thing that attracted you to the idea of it, Dieta, that you saw in those people. You got it. I am 110% sure that I did. Yeah. <laughs> so you got what you came for. I got more than I came for. Right? This, in large part, thanks to you doing it, to coming and doing it with commitment the whole way, through the bumps, through the fears, to 
scratches along the way and the beautiful moments you you looked very happy a lot of times i was really happy to be there because so many times i visited you <laughs> how you doing today i'm amazing <laughs> always happy you're loving well, it well because although those, i was going through those tough moments i knew that it was i'm gonna kick their ass and they're gonna pass and i'm gonna be okay yeah. and i was and i i was really honest with you like i am all the time it's like heart when I was really scared, like, dude, I'm fucking scared. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really scared. Like, you know, um, and I play you a little flute. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, it's just some monkeys. <laughs> Send you back to your camp for the night. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> there were some weird noises. Yeah. Again, I'm not scared, but, like, I felt like a little kid, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, what is that? Yeah. You know, there'd be these, these cute, super cute looking little monkeys. I was like, oh, my God. Those things scared me. In the night, they had come near your camp and yeah, shaking the leaves. No, they were, like, really there that night. Like, just, like, making, playing. I don't know what they're doing. Fighting. Yeah. Mating. I don't know what they were doing. But yeah. they were loud. Yeah. And then the, uh, I couldn't see them the night, but a few days went by. I wasn't scared no more, of course. And I saw them, those monkeys, and they were so cute. I'm like, oh, my God. I want to take one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, uh yeah, thanks. And thanks to Master Orlando, too. Incredible. Thanks to that magic, magic, magic land. Magic land. You know, all that stuff you described about coming in and taking care of yourself, getting rid of all the shadows so that you can leave a more powerful person, a cleaner person, so you could act cleaner, act more powerful. Hearing that from people coming out of a good dieta, as I often do, right? So I guide so many people through this so far. That is a big reason of why all that sacrifice, all that commitment you thanked me for earlier, that is a huge reason I sacrifice it all for, because I firmly believe that one person at a time coming through good medicine like this, me being able to help them through that, I am participating with my energy, with my effort, in one person at a time making this world palpably better. Even if it's just one person at a time, you're going to go forward and affect other people Maybe bring other people here who'll do the same for themselves, you know, send them our way, you know, or just the way you're going to live now in this next chapter is going to do probably so much more good in the world than you're going to be more powerful and freer to do that than you were before the dieta. And that's thanks to you coming here and doing this. And thanks to Maestro Orlando, as you said, having that place and that medicine, welcoming people to come. And of course... Me, there, also to make sure they have all the help they can to get through those bumps, you know? Moments of hearing that from people like you, that's the moments where I'm like, that's why all the pain and all the sacrifice and all the hardships I'm going through to be here, that's why. Because I believe that for me and my little life, this is the most I can participate in helping birth the heroes that we need, one at a time. To make this world better. Amen to that. And just adding a little bit onto that, every human being has the potential to do something massive in life. Massive at what scale? What you're doing is massive. Massive in a community. A housewife has a massive power to really raise incredible children. A teacher in a school. A teacher in a school has the power to really love their job and create massive impact in a child. And many times, many, many times, I'll speak for myself also, we don't do it because of laziness. But the laziness comes from from fear. 
rather we rather be comfortable in a lazy spot that keeps us comfortable and then just coast in there than getting out of the comfort zone and then facing the fear. Fear keeps us in misery. And therefore, we're not able to shine out, out there and be able to help other people get out of that misery. Mm-hmm. You know? And the point that I've touched on here and there in various topics I've talked about on the podcast also is um, the fear, we don't always surrender to it because it's scary. Sometimes we accept that excuse because it's easier the truth. To, to listen to the fear and not do the thing. Yeah. And so it, we're not falling to the fear necessarily because we're cowards in that case. We're falling to the fear because it's offering us an excuse to take the easy path. Yeah, we, we tell ourselves lies. We, we tell ourselves lies. We lie to ourselves. We allow those lie. lies to come in yeah. to excuse our mediocrity that that fear created in us to stay in that comfort zone, in that spot of not moving forward. Yeah. We, we, it, it's all lies. Yeah. And our eyes, we decide to close our eyes and not open them to that particular little truth. And since our life is composed of moments, the more that those lies and those things happen, the, the fear gets bigger and bigger. The lie we tell ourselves gets bigger and bigger. The comfort zone gets bigger and bigger. The ego gets bigger and bigger. And, and the waste big. becomes bigger. And the waste of the life that one is becomes a tragedy that we will never know. That we will just never know. And then we're sick in the soul. Our soul is ill because of fear. There you are, man. And it all comes down again to that choice. Yeah. The choice to stay that way or the choice to do the exercise to change, the hard work. Yeah. That's why a dieta honestly is hard exercise because that's what it is. It's movement. It's effort to get out of the bad state. It's major leagues. Major leagues training. (laughs) No pain, no gain. You don't grow muscle without doing hard push-ups. Yeah. Exactly. And any machine, exercise machine, they sell in infomercials that makes sit-ups easy, that makes exercise easy. It's no pain, no effort. Yeah. You're going to be able to work your abs with this ab roller or whatever. And they're showing you these beautiful buff models using it to convince you it works. But those models didn't get buff using that machine. They got buff going to the gym and doing the hard and, weights. And that's why they're make, get, making the money because they, 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 they trick the you into buying it thinking, <laughs> hey, I'll get it easy. And you get nothing. You don't even use that easy yeah. machine. You, you buy it out of comfort. Yeah, out of the idea t- of it. Because you're telling yourself the lie that, oh, I'm going to buy this. I'm, I bought it. I, I feel good already because I did this good. It's like when people donate money to things or give money to. And I'm going to say this because I've done it myself in the past. I would give money to a charity or money to a homeless person. or Not for them. It was making me feel better. It was making me, just in that little moment... I was excusing myself of all the other bigger shit I was wasting. Mm-hmm. How we lie to ourselves, those tiny little tricks that we lie to ourselves to keep ourselves in that mediocre... Choosing choosing comfort over hard choosing effort. Com- yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, you know, well, we have so much potential. And then we have this incredible technology that this great architect created in this amazing planet, in this great dimension, in the Milky Way, in this amazing universe, to heal ourselves, to become this incredible... Amazing human beings. Yeah. <laughs> to, to your point, I do, though, feel, I will add, though, a caveat to that thing about charity. It's still not always wasted. If you're doing it just for comfort, you know, it's definitely not good. But I have to say, as someone who survives very much from Patreon donations, thank you, amazing guys. 
you, it can be still effective. It could be oh, at no, least you're yeah, doing that, yeah. right? If you're not doing anything else, if you support financially those doing good work that need it, that can be effective. But always the challenge I would still say is don't just do that. Also do something with you to yeah. make it better. Yeah, now, now imagine giving a donation to charity that you like, but also getting up and doing some work. Volunteering there. Volunteering, maybe not there, but do some, some work somewhere. Yeah. And nobody has to know. Yeah. Or maybe you could share it to show an example of what you're doing. I'm saying it because it applies to me. I've, I've given money. I've given some charity. I've given something to a homeless person, something to a needy person, something to charity, because it made me feel good. It made me feel like I was doing something. Oh, I'm a good person. We're all, we're, we're all good people. But what if by coming to, by, by coming to something like this, by doing something with our own lives, What if the impact is much more massive than one, that one donation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The donation is definitely an action. It's a sacrifice. It's better than nothing. But definitely the most powerful thing someone can the do intention. is do yeah. with themselves. Use their talents, their power to help. Exactly. And, and donating to projects such as this one, you know, it's, it's amazing. The people that are donating to this podcast are people who believe in this and are people who have been through this. Mm. And they want this... They want what we have, like for instance, me donating to your Patreon is because I want this to keep going. You know, this this is made out of love, it's made out of passion. But you know, there's one has to pay for internet, one has to pay for equipment, one has to you know take the time to pay for shipping to send something. And for something like this, people listening to this and donating, it's like, hey, I, I believe in this, I've been through this more people need to hear this message. I'm over here working, already bettering myself. So remember, birds of a feather flock together. All of us here, all of us listening to this, we're looking to better our lives. And we want this to grow. So this is something one believes in, but I am sure that the people donating are committed to their self-healing and their self-growth. Well, yeah, and I hope to hell that part of it is because the content of the podcast is helping their life in some way, inspiring them, moving them. That's what I want from the podcast. But yeah, all these yeah, efforts, yeah. I do it for that. Yeah. I want to move things. I want to move people. Yeah. You know, so I hope it's also from there. You know, and hearing all this talk of charity, you actually remind me of a little story. It's something that happened to me back when I lived in Toronto. I never shared. A little moment. So I was still making the big money in my old job. I was still very small as a person, very actionless. I would see so many opportunities to help, and I was still working on taking those moments. But I was still very reserved in many ways and stuck in ego. And so when I would walk by a homeless person, you know, I may not give them anything, because I think what most people think, you're going to spend it on booze, you're a druggie, I'm not going to contribute to your addiction, blah, blah, blah. And one day, it's Halloween, and I'm feeling lonely in life, a little low. I think I'm going to go out tonight. This is the night everyone goes out. I'm going to go out on the town, downtown Toronto. And I'm going to find some friends and do some stuff. But I was really aimless. I didn't really have friends calling me out. I was just going to wander. And I had $100 in $20 bills in my pocket because I had money back then. That was for my booze or whatever, my food. And I had been wandering and wandering. And I was like, no direction. And I couldn't find a spot that was feeling right for me. What do I want to do? I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. So I'm on the street. And I'm sort of at a corner at a moment, and I stop. I do this all the time in life, like as a guy who lives by instinct, plugged into the shaman connection, you know. 
I had a feeling at this parking lot, and I stopped right there. And I'm like, just let things flow for a second. And just in that moment of me standing there and not moving, someone coming in front of me down the sidewalk veers off the sidewalk and comes straight at me. And as he comes closer, I realize it's some kind of homeless person. And I'm thinking, ah, here we go. Right? He's going to ask for money. And the defenses, the ego starts to come in. I'm not going to give you money. You know? And he comes up and he's engaging me in this interaction. But he's so, he's like ashamed of doing it. Even though he probably does it 50 times a day in his state. He's like, um, okay, sir, uh, look, um, you know, honestly, uh, things are not good. And I'm just wondering, um, you know, and I know what he's getting at. And I'm feeling bad for the guy now because he's so, like, he, he doesn't want to do it. And I have this thought come through my mind. And the words were, it was Halloween, right? The words were trick or treat. And I reach in my pocket. And, you know, not, not for change, I feel my wad of 20s. And I think, I'm going to give you a 20. So I whip out a 20. I say, just stop right there. Here you go. Right? And he just, like, freezes. And he goes, oh! He grabs it. He's like, seriously, dude? Seriously? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I start to get scared now because it's getting really, the energy is getting, like, really excited. And he's like, oh, my God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I, like, let it go. And he takes it. And he's, like, on me now. And he's, like, grabbing at my arms. And he's, like, getting in close. And he's like, dude, bro, you have no idea. And he's trying to kiss me on the mouth. He's so happy from that one little gesture. And I start now to get defensive. So I'm like, back off, dude, too much. Don't fucking kiss me, right? So I push him back. I like sort of get a hold of yourself. And I say, look, man, just take it, you know, use it for something good for yourself. And I sort of physically move him onto the sidewalk and start him walking the way he was going. Keep going, you know? And so he starts going down the sidewalk, disconnects from me. And he's just going like, whoa, he's jumping, he's dancing, he's like punching the air. And as he's going down the street like this, everybody looking back at him like, what's going on here? He keeps turning back at me and pointing at me and he's screaming, God loves you, man. God loves you. <laughs> and off he goes, a racket down the street like that and disappears into the night. But that effect that I saw, like that wow. got me. I was like, holy shit. Wow. For me, that 20 at the time was nothing. Like it, I knew it was more than what you'd usually give a person like that yeah. to see what it did to him and how genuinely out of his mind happy he was. That's he beautiful. didn't give me a quarter. He didn't give me a dollar. He gave me a 20. And I hope he went and bought a good meal for himself or something. And I hope somehow that that moment maybe turned something for him. Wow. People care, you know? It's beautiful. And that's the power of, you know, well-placed charity. Wow. A good place. You know, um, you know they touched that. Uh, you know, we're I'm an immigrant mm. in the United States. Mm. When we got to the United States, the little bit that I remember, I was a little boy. We're a really big family, you know. I have uh, it's eight of us, just kids. My mom and dad. It's ten. So I have six sisters, a little brother, beautiful, beautiful sisters. My little brother looks just like me, uh, but cute. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, but we. We would get food from food banks, you know. We would go to to Christian like like churches. They would feed us. They would give us food. They would teach us like ABCs, things like that. And I'm eternally grateful for that. I'm also very grateful that right now that you mentioned the twenty dollars situation. Just ten years ago, there was times where I wished I had five dollars. At the moment, I'm like, man, I wish I had five dollars, you know, and. 
there was times where times were tough and you know from a low-income family right now i'm really grateful for all the blessings that i've got but i feel like i understand that guy because i've had some moments like that you know where people people didn't have any reason to help me any 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 payoff any payoff any what do we get in return um and they were there for me and that's been a big reason why i'm also here today because of those people that have actually taken action on someone on something not just for themselves but they've gone out of the way to do something to really impact someone and you know i want to thank all those people and something beautiful that happened that i want to share there was this one man that gave my dad a job in california we were originally going to go and live in chicago when i was a little boy we ended up living in northern california and santa rosa this man lent my father the money to bring to pay for the flights and take us to the states um i looked for the man when i came back from my last retreat and i went and met him told him i told him who it was like yeah sure let's go for dinner very successful man very very just huge company just I was invited to his house in San Rafael, California. Beautiful home overlooking the San Rafael Bridge. Incredible person. His wife, beautiful. He had his son come. And I thanked him from the bottom of my heart for helping my father because of that action that he took, bringing us here. That set off a chain reaction that I told him the things I'm doing in life and all this stuff. And I told him because of your action, I just want you to know that He does a lot of charity work also in Lake Tahoe. He sponsors college students. He pays full bright scholarships for kids. He does a lot of personal work that he's there actually doing the work for his own charity. And I want to tell him, and I did tell him, you know, you are making a big difference in many people's lives, not only us, but you have many, hundreds of employees, their lives, their kids. You're creating all these jo jobs in America. Thank you so much. And... If you've possibly, positively affected someone by an action of yours, you don't have to. You could have said to my dad, no, I'm not lending you anything. And thanks to that, I'm sitting here and I told him like, what's transpired in my life in the last five years and all the good things. And it was a beautiful moment. And that's important for those people too. You have to have those moments of come back. Yeah. See the impact you made. Yeah. It's so important for people working from their heart like that to have those moments. So, you know, I'm sure... He thanks you for taking that time to give him back that gratitude. Yeah, and I thank him every day. I, I think there's so many people that helped us. You know, like you know, we're big family. There's also this um, family that we met when we lived in uh, close to Napa. Um, it was around the Christmas season, and this young girl, the daughter of a lady that my mom met, she didn't have the reason to do it. She didn't have what do we get in return? But she went and bought a fresh Christmas tree, all the Christmas lights, went, took it to our house. I got home. My dad had taken me to work with him. There was the most beautiful Christmas tree I had ever seen in my life. Our first Christmas in the States. And I was just like, wow. And that family also on Christmas Eve, they left their homes. The lady and all her, all the, her grown kids, including this girl, They all came to our little apartment, brought us gifts, spent a few hours with us on Christmas Eve, away from their own homes, their own families, 
they decided to spend it with us. That action of that action that has always stayed with me. And many more like that. There's been so many people, I think of those people very often. Very often. Everybody that's done something good for me. And two people that are very important for me in my life. One of them is my wife. That she's been there through the roughest, through the toughest moments. Um, you know, I've been very ill. My soul has been very ill in the past. I've put her through a lot of hell. Especially when I was going through that depression moment. And she's stuck by me. She's supported me. She supports me in this path. My kids, my family, the people I work with. And a person that I'm extremely grateful for. It's my business partner, Kevin. From the very moment we met years ago, I must have been 20, 21, when I met him. I'm now 29. But this guy has done for me so much. He doesn't need to. I mean, financially, he doesn't need to. The shit I've put him through, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need any of that. He doesn't need any. But this guy is so connected. He's so such an incredible, powerful man. And I'm so grateful that, you know, if I would have not married my wife, I would have not met him because I moved to where my wife was. And then I met him. He runs a very successful firm, very successful companies. He's an extremely successful guy in all areas of his life and an incredible, wonderful human being. And I'm grateful for everything that he's done for me. I think of it every day, everything that he does for me, all the dedication, the hard work to help me, to guide me. And the person that I was five years ago to the person I am today, spiritually and energetically, I thank him a lot. I thank myself for taking this time and doing this. But all the mentorship, business lessons, all these things, I thank I thank this gentleman to my core. Because it's in me. I hope one day I can do the same for another David. Yeah, man. And look, you know, these people's actions created you, who is now in a good place, come out of a hell place. And obviously, from knowing you through your dieta, I see that you are, you know, well on the path. You've done a lot of work to becoming that next good, powerful person to pay it forward. So, here's two actions, good actions, decisions, good people, Intentions. and gratitude. I think that's a beautiful point to wrap up on as the sun is now setting. It's beautiful. And one last thing. Yeah. I'm grateful for everyone in my life, for my compadre Adolfo, for my kids, my goddaughters, grandkids, for my nieces, my nephews, my parents, everybody. And a big thing that I've learned is that gratitude, one is grateful, one has love in their heart. Gratitude opens you up. Well, my friend David, on that same note, as I've said it many times, and you've said to me, thank you for coming. Thank you for being you and doing good work on you. Thank you. And sitting here and recording and sharing with us for a while. <laughs> Dude, I mean, this is, what a pleasure this is. Yeah, what a treat this is, sitting right here. And this, looking at this massive, majestic piece of art of sunset that we're watching right now. Yes, sir. The sky is... The colors, you know, the pinks, the yellows, the purples, the grays, the blues, the green of the, this jungle and the mountains. What a beautiful moment in this place. Likewise, man. Here we are together. Thank you. <laughs> and our presence, our being loud. We are. Oh, amazing. What, what, what an experience. What an experience. What an experience. So there it is, fellow human. Another friend from the world, another brave voyager 
telling you about his story after joining us here over in Peru to do the good medicine work for himself and what a damn good piece of medicine work he did. If anybody else would like to come and visit this medicine and have an experience like David's, you could find the link to the service Via Verde Ayahuasca right at the top of higherideas.net. The big green and orange Via Verde link will take you to our website, viaverdetours.com, where you'll find a downloadable info package explaining all the details and where you can also get in touch with me talk over all the details and see whether we're the place for you. But trust me, fellow humans, if you want to do a good piece of medicine work, we are your place. So once again, thank you to David for joining us, among all the other people who have joined us so far. Thank you for sharing with the listeners. And that's it for this one, fellow human. So until next time, keep thinking. <laughs>